Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Joan Mulmine and this is episode 97, Best UK Podcast of 2016. Hello and welcome to another episode of the show. I'm your host Joe, and I am back with you as usual for another episode. Today is episode 98 and we're going to be talking about knitting in the news. And that's all that we're going to talk about. There's going to be no enablers corner. There's going to be no other knitting to speak of. Just a bit of knitting in the news, I think. It's going to be just a bit of a of a chit chat really and talking about three stories that have captured my attention over the last week or two since I spoke to you and um, a few thoughts really, a few, few thoughts around that, a bit of a topical one today for a change, you know, we like to mix it up a little bit and uh, you know this, this week is no exception really. There are still plans to continue with the alpaca episode and I have someone lined up to come onto the show and talk about Smallpaka probably in the next episode although schedules will permit as always and then episode 100 still having some thoughts about what to do for that I, it has been suggested by Hannah that I let someone come on and interview me which if that's what that's what you want then obviously I'll do that um, but what we might do is do some kind of joint party episode I'm still thinking about it so if you have any more ideas, do get in touch and let me know. Thank you to everyone who has been in touch over the past few weeks, including Lisa, who emailed me to ask a question about alpaca silk yarn that she'd frogged and how to, to recover it, basically. And I suggested that she rescan it and wash it, which she did, and it's come out beautifully, which is great news. And um, I always find that stuff like knitting and yarn if you take it back to the kind of the original state of how it would have come, it tends to fix most things. So my answer to pretty much everything is to reskin it, wash it, dry it, start again, <laughs> if if needs be. Speaking of starting again, I uh, still haven't located the voodoo shawl that went missing in the post. No thank you, Royal Mail. The most useless set of individuals going. I've never understood a customer services place where you ring up and there's just like, I literally have nothing to offer you. I know that's where it says it is. That's the last place it was scanned. But I'm not going to ring that post office and ask them to have a look for it because they will have sent it back. Well, genius, if they have, why has nobody else scanned it? You're talking rubbish. I've lived in the place and I can tell you full well I know that parcel sat in that sorting office. But no, no, they won't... Um, even entertain trying to find it, which makes me very cross, as you can imagine. But in the, I'll just have to knit something else, you know. You've got to move on with these things and accept that they are just useless and that maybe in future that's a lesson to me to just block my own stuff instead of sending it off to kindly listeners to block it for me. So, you know the form, the usual applies. Get yourself your knitting, your cup of tea or whatever else you're doing and we will crack on with the show. So first up is one that you might have seen this week, having come out of Dundee, 
in Scotland, a place where very dear to my heart, close by where I used to live. And what I will do is I will read the appropriate stories out for you. So if you haven't seen it, you get the full effect as I've seen it. And then we'll have some discussion about these particular stories. Um, Just as something different, a bit of kind of mock the week type podcast episode from me. So let me get the courier up, that very quality paper. The courier.co.uk is the source for this. By Mark Mackay. Good, strong Scottish name there. Sheriff challenges road rage woman to knit her way out of prison. I love headlines, don't you? A road rage woman who punched a motorist across the face has been told her only hope of avoiding prison is to prove she is an expert knitter. Now, I've got problems straight away with the word expert there. Amanda McCabe from Dundee is said to have tailed her victim, Claire Smith, for several miles before boxing her in, hauling open her driver's side door and punching her across the face. Dundee is a lovely place at times. At Dundee Sheriff Court, McCabe claimed the apparent pursuit was a simple coincidence as she was a, in inverted commas, keen knitter and a plan to visit a specialist wool shop, questioning that, near to where the assault took place. On hearing that, Sheriff Rafferty laid down a challenge, one that he said could be the difference between liberty and prison. He told McCabe she would return to court on December the 14th with multiple knitted items capable of being sold in a charity shop and raising money for good causes. Put on the spot, she claimed she could knit a jumper in two to three days at a cost of six to seven quid. Yeah, I'm just letting that one sink in a little bit for you there. Despute Viscal, John Adams said Miss Smith and a friend who had been driving along the Kingsway when the accused entered from a slip road. Kingsway is like a big dual carriageway. Miss Smith was not very impressed with the accused driving and made her feelings known. Unfortunately, this led to the accused following Miss Smith for around five to ten minutes from the Kingsway to Cardine Street. When Miss Smith, feeling under pressure, took a wrong turn and entered a car park to perform a U-turn, McCabe pounced. She boxed in her road rival's car and leapt from her driver's seat before opening her door and punching her once on the right side of her face. Miss Smith was left with a red mark but did not require medical attention. The court heard that McCabe had a previous criminal record but no convictions for violence and nothing within the past decade. Solicitor Jim Laverty told the court, This guy must be like, what... She is utterly ashamed of herself and says it was simply a loss of control. As for the complainer, she indicates that Cardine Street was her intended journey's end. She is a keen knitter and a nearby specialist wool shop was her destination, but unfortunately this was in the same direction in which the complainer preceded her. Sheriff Rafferty told McCabe, This was quite a, a quite shocking incident. You went in the same direction as your victim, at the very least, then went to her car door and assaulted her, though I accept that this was out of character. If you are a skilled knitter, then I am sure you could produce some goods for charity. Drag out that old charity knitting thing again. You will bring to court several items that you have knitted that you are prepared to donate to a charity shop. It will not be a meagre amount. You have committed a serious offence. You have committed serious offences, but you have the chance to do something useful with your time. Take this chance. McCabe of Maplewood Drive admitted assaulting Claire Smith in Cardine Street on January the 8th this year by punching her on the head. 
Sentence was deferred until December for her to be of good behaviour and to produce the knitted items requested by the court. Well, friends of shiny bees, where, where do I start with this one? Utterly, utterly unbelievable. I, I just, I'm just like, is this, is this the Daily Mash? If you don't know the Daily Mash, it's like a satirical newspaper where they take the mick out of things that are in the real news, kind of like this, but probably a little bit better than the podcast version that I'm producing for you today. However, WTF people, WTAF. So Anne Dundee and the knitting pin, which was the shopping question, point one is an acrylic palace where everything smells of cigarette smoke. I've been, and trust me, there ain't no way that you're going to be beeping people out the way to get to a, in inverted commas, specialist wool shop. It is an acrylic palace. Don't get me confused. Not 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 dissing them, but that's what they, say, they sell. She went on her way to fluff. If she was... Probably could have bought that. Fluff's near her anyway. But she went on her way to Fluff, which I would regard as being the specialist dun- <laughs> shopping Dundee. She was on her way to the Acrylic Palace. And furthermore, <laughs> upon getting to the Acrylic Palace, if she was indeed an expert knitter, and if she was indeed as keen as her, her somewhat dodgy solicitor, I mean, who called out Better Call Saul for that? If she was indeed as keen as her solicitor says she is, there's no way she'd have gone and schwacked some woman over the face in the car park. She'd have gone straight through the front door and dived face down into a, a, a bag of Peter Pan sparkly, wouldn't she? She wouldn't have been going beating some woman up for it. Now, if she was at a wool show, right, let's put it into perspective. It is entirely possible that a keen knitter could punch someone. If she was at a wool show and there was one skein of beautiful left, and there were two people, you know, fighting over it. What they both put their hand on the on the skin at the same time. A small scuffle ensues. A bit of shoving and elbows. You you can almost see. It, although we would also be rolling our eyes and kind of a little bit embarrassed. But you're not telling me that she wanted to kind of Rambo roll away into the knitting pin, and as such had to speed round. Just so happens behind the other person. If, if she did feel a need to get straight into the wool shop, she wouldn't have gone and schwacked her over the face, would she? Nobody's got time for that when they need to buy some wool. Nobody's got time for violence. Um, the, the next problem I have is the judge. Wind it, pull up a pew, mate. I've got some words for you. Point one, six to seven quid for a jumper. She's talking rubbish. I don't know what she's knitting it out of. It might be, indeed, it might be plastic bags. You could probably get Six to seven quids worth of plastic bags and maybe knit a jumper out of that. But I have no idea where she's knitting the jumper. What? She's knitting the jumper out of for six to seven quid. She's talking rubbish. I do want to swear, but I've got a I've got, I've got a clean mate in, so I can't. And I know I do have some young, young ears that listen. So, but most of the point is like, oh, you're going to spend all your time knitting this stuff out of re- clearly really cheap, possibly un- unobtainable it won't be wool, will it? It's not going to be wool. And then give it to a charity shop to sell for even less. I mean, I'm offended. I'm actually offended that you're using my pastime and everyone else that listens to this show's pastime, she's clearly taking the mickey out of you, that you're using all of our pastimes to punish somebody 
it's just utterly ridiculous. She trailed a woman for five to ten minutes in an aggressive manner across town to the point where the woman's desperate to get off the road, pulls into a car park, and this crazy bitch jumps out, opens her door and punches her in the face. I'm sorry, but th- this whole thing... It needs dragging in front of the, the High Court in Scotland. This is ridiculous. She assaulted somebody. Point one, knitters rarely assault people. Point two, if that had been some young lad, right, if that had been a hoodie, he'd have been banged up in a Young Offenders Institute. They'd have dragged him over the coals. They'd have made a really big example of him. And they've not done because it's a woman and she's talking about knitting and therefore it's all funny. Well, it's not funny. I'm not laughing. Mr. Judge, I'm not laughing at all. That's ridiculous. You're making a mockery of the law. You're making a mockery of our pastime. And you're making a mockery of the fact that some woman's now going to be frightened of driving a car around Dundee because the perceived acceptable punishment for beating someone up these days is to sentence them to knitting. Now, I have a very good sense of humour and I have indeed probably quite an inappropriate sense of humour that many of you will not have heard on this podcast because I do have to tone it down just a little bit just a little bit for the show because not everyone has quite the same dark sense of humor that I do although a few select individuals do and you will you'll have heard them on the podcast you can tell when someone has the same sense of humor that I do this is not funny I have tried to find ways to make this funny it's just not funny people get killed because of road rage people have had their children disabled, young girls disabled by road rage. People have been stabbed to death 39 times because of road rage. This is not acceptable. I'm almost at the point of doing a petition about it because I'm so angry about this thing. It's just not funny. It's just not, it's just not funny at all. Proper, proper sense of humour failure at this guy. He's an idiot. And, you know, Apart from everything else, even if she was that keen, and even if that was plausible excuse, the knitting pin is not the place she would be running into. So I'm, I'm picking holes in your argument there straight away. I don't know who who is Claire Smith's lawyer, but they want dragging out and sorting out about who, which is a good wool shop in Dundee and which isn't. I kind of feel like going, yeah, I'm bombing her street, because they've, they've helpfully given us the name of the street. Um, possibly with, you know, cars and um, little dolls of people getting punched, to make the point. But... How utterly ridiculous is that? If if you find that as utterly ridiculous as I do, please do get in touch. I'm really quite cross about it. I really am quite cross about it. Um, and yet again, knitting has made the news because of some ridiculous thing, like making fun of it. And I just don't think you should make fun of road rage or violence. It's not funny. It's not funny. And if it wasn't a woman and it was some young lad, he'd be in jail now. And I don't appreciate it. So that is the Chevy Fund in Dundee story. You can go find out about that and read at length because it was covered by national newspapers over here. And I know like the country does seem to be going to the dogs at the moment, but this, this just takes it a step too far. When you bring knitting into it, when you bring knitting into it, it's a problem for me. So taking it from me being quite cross, <laughs> still quite cross, about the Sheriff in Dundee and... I have no more words for him. I'm just cross. I am cross. I'm going to write a strongly worded letter. Um, To something a little bit more lighthearted. Google sheep view. Now this, this is a stroke of genius. 
Now, I did share this story on the Shiny Beast Facebook page earlier this week because I thought it was brilliant. It just it just made me giggle. I'd, I just loved it. This is the kind of knitting in the news and sheep in the news that we need. So, basically what's happened is the Faroe Islanders have got a little bit annoyed with Google because they've not sent anyone to come map the Faroes. So, they've done the wrong version. I love this. I love it. Faroe Islands fit cameras to sheep to create Google Street View. <laughs> Tired of waiting for Google to map the arch archipelago, Faroe Islanders have launched... See, so you can hear the amusement. I love it. Faroe Islanders have launched Sheep View 360, enlisting their ovine population to do the legwork. <laughs> and there's a picture of the beautiful landscape and a winding road, a little sheep with a camera on its back in the middle of the road. It's brilliant. Living across 18 tiny subpolar islands in the North Atlantic, Faroe Islanders are used to working in difficult conditions. So, tired of waiting for Google Street View to come and map the roads, causeways and bridges of the archipelago, a team has set up its own mapping project, Sheep View 360. My little geographer's heart sings. With the help of a local shepherd and a specially built harness built by a fellow islander, Jarita Dahl Andreasen of Visit Faroe Islands has fitted five of the island's sheep with a 360-degree camera. As the sheep walk and graze around the island, the pictures are sent back to Andreasen with GPS coordinates, which she then uploads to Google Street View. Here in the Faroe Islands, we have to do things our way, says Andreasen. Knowing that we are so small and Google is so big, we felt this was the thing to do. I love this. I just love it. So far, the Sheep View team have taken panoramic images of five locations on the islands. They've also produced 360-degree video so you can explore the island as if you are, quite literally, a sheep. The islands have a population of 80,000 sheep and 49,188 humans. As well as obviously helping promote the island to visitors, the project is part of a campaign to convince Google to come to the island to complete the mapping project. Visit Faroe Islands have launched a petition, I will be signing that as well, and the hashtag, hashtag we want Google Street View, to promote its case. But would Google Street View ruin the beauty that comes from being in such an isolated place? I think that we're ready for this, says Andreasen. It's a place that has always been so hidden and far away from everything, but I think that we are ready to invite people to the place. Guardian Travel contacted Google to ask if they had any plans to map the Faroe Islands. They would not comment, but pointed out that anyone is welcome to create their own Google Street View experiences and apply to borrow Google's camera equipment. How sloppy shoulders is that? It's not the first time a project has brought together Google Street View and Sheep. Last year, the Google Sheep View blog was launched, which collected images of sheep found on Street View to, to celebrate the Year of the Sheep. I love that. That's so cool. I'm just, I think we all need to get together and just bully Google into doing it for them. I really do. It's so funny. And I just love it. It's a really kind of local solution to a problem and something that's quite quirky and has, has made like national newspapers because of it. It's really clever and it's fun. You know, it's fun. I can go on a sheep's back and look around the Faroe Islands. How amazing is the internet? So let's move on to story number three. This one pleased me no end, and I was very grateful to Paul Davis of the Retro Asylum podcast, friend of the show, who alerted me to all of this kerfuffle on Twitter. And basically, Di Fian, who 
the one of my favourite yarn brands based in Germany, Nicole and Cardula. They've dyed for the golden skein a couple of times and I've knit stuff and knit the Shawl of Awesome in their yarn, Dolphin in a Whirlpool. And um, really beautiful colours, great girls, really love their stuff. And um, they somehow came to the attention of someone on Twitter who made some comments about basically the names of the yarns. Now, as we all know as knitters and purveyors of these fine yarn emporiums, that having crazy names for yarn is like it's a thing. It's just standard. It's like how craft beers have weird names. It's sort of like marketing and sometimes it's part of a story or sometimes it's part of the inspiration. And it isn't just Nicole and Car Jewelry do it, lots of other people do it. I've co-produced a yarn myself called Orange Mocha Frappuccino. There are lots of people who like who like to give their yarns strange names and lots of people who enjoy the strange names who knit the yarns. Nobody's got any kind of health issues, mental or otherwise, to do with this. We just, we like a bit of a laugh. We are knitters, after all. So I'm going to share the article. It was covered on Mashable. They became like internet sensations overnight, which cracked me up because most of my feed was covered with pictures of their yarn. I mean, happy days. What more do you want? So thank you, Jessie McGarry, for this. Jessie. Did your parents really call you Jessie or did you do that to make yourself look different? Anyway, you would would have loved these yarn names when you were an emo teen. I'm not an emo teen now, I love and I still love them. But anyway, selling a product called Poisoned Blood on the internet would usually be a cause for concern. Depends on the kind of websites you frequent, but I'll roll with you for now. Thankfully, it's just the name of a silken cashmere yarn. We need to work on your pants, Jessie. Etsy store Dye for Yarn sells over 280 different colours of yarn with odd evocative names like I'm pushing a rhino up the stairs and a bat in a dark mood. The sanity of whoever's been naming them was first questioned by, in inverted commas, Kendra W on Twitter. She, no, let, let's... Let's not let's not put words in her mouth. What Kendra W actually said was, before we all get angry with that, is, is the person naming these colours of yarn okay? Light banter, I'd say. 23,106 retweets. Favourited 41,298 times. Kendra can draw. She, you know, she's loving it, but she's got loads of new followers. Anyway, the store owners, Nicole and Cordula, explain on their Etsy page that they were formerly biology and molecular medicine scientists, but ditched the lab in favour of dyeing and selling their own yarns. The store sells mostly silk lace and silk linen blends, ranging from the wacky, too much Aperol spirits to the more mysteriously horrifying St. Patrick's Day Parade gone awry. <laughs> As if she knows what a silk, <laughs> a silk lace blend is. Silk Lace isn't even a blend, love. Below, a blue-violet shade takes on the name fit for a poem posted to a brooding teenager's live journal. Memory of a fearsome tale. <laughs> and the bracket underneath is, is or the, the, not the bracket, the, um, what's it called when you put something underneath a, a, a picture? Does it begin with B? Anyway, the writing underneath the picture that has a name that I can't think of right now, it says, I love the colour of your shirt. Thanks, it's memory of a fearsome tale. Cool, you're doing all right. Again, the banter needs some work. For those who felt too punk to passionately love yarn, we present to you Army of the Dead. It's beautiful, it's like a grey, greeny, pale lilac colour. It's nice, that one. 
And for lovers of the absurd and the aquatic, here is a shade called Giant Clam Closing Forever. To whomever did name the yarns, thank you. We love you. We hope you are okay. Love, it was Nicole and Cordula. The clues in the in the whole Etsy description, you've clearly not bothered talking to them about it because they would have given you some really good stuff. But I love that. I thought it was quite funny how someone could just pick something up randomly, have a bit of fun with it because I saw her original tweet and she was like, tag yourself as like your favourite colour. You know, it was, it was, it was all in jest. It was not, it was not mean spirited at all from what I can see. And people just jumped all over it. It was really funny. Um, so yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it. I lo- there's a lot of the colourways that I really like. Um, the yarn is beautiful and the names are very funny. And obviously all those knitters, we get it because we've got a sense of humour. But the muggles, they don't know. They don't understand. So there you go. That's my sort of knitting in the news. Sort of Joe does the whole never mind the buzzcocks thing on her own with no panel. And only three stories for prompts. But, you know, we've got to try some new things every now and again. And this was just what I was in the mood for doing. So let me know what you think. I know it won't be some of you's taste. I know some of you are a little bit serious with the knitting. um, But I thought I'd just do something a little bit different today for number 98. And um, I, I'm I'm going to go and sit on my knitting throne and give some thought to you exactly what I'm going to say to that judge about his ridiculous sentencing. And um, more to the point, you know, like to her, love. If you're going to make up some cock-a-hoop story, don't do it to a knitting shop nobody's going to fight to get into because we're not going to believe you. So that is all from me today. I'll be back with you in a couple of weeks. The show is going to go now formally to an every other week schedule for the time being. And it is entirely possible that after episode 100, we'll go on a bit of a break for a while. I have some stuff coming up here at home and obviously with my new thing, Notice to Move. But as we're always on Notice to Move in the Camp Shiny household... There are a few things in the works. There's nothing untoward going on, nothing to worry about, anything like that. But I am going to have my hands rather full over the next few months. So upon reaching episode 100, there is going to be a little bit of a break. And until then, we're going to be on an every other week schedule in case you're waiting next Tuesday quietly for your episode. I'm afraid it will be another two weeks before you hear from me. Um... But that is just basically to give me more chance to sort out all of the stuff that we have going on here. Like I said, there's not, there's nothing dodgy going on. There is no story to do with it. There's nothing to worry about. It's just, I, for one, need to be in the right frame of mind to be recording decent episodes and putting those out. And also, I, I do need to kind of um, take back some of that time that I'm using for this. Um, to deal with other stuff and of course it's the summer holidays so a lot of you guys you're going to be off with the children or doing things or on your holly bobs anyway and you've got 98 episodes to keep you quiet if you need something else to listen to go listen to notice to move at notice to move.com or go back through the back episodes and have a good listen to them some of the ones from hoxton handmade electric sheep that i've not listened to for a long time provide me endless amounts of entertainment so once you're done with me hop over and see her you know she's got 100 odd episodes that you can revisit um like pulling out an old bottle of champagne from the back of the uh, drinks cabinet and dusting it off you can spend some time with the lovely hoxton 
if if you need someone else to listen to or any of my other nitty podcasting chums like the lovely knit british curious handmade um amongst others and lovely kathness louise so i hope you'll have a great couple of weeks i will be back with you again soon and happy knitting chat to you later bye listening to the shiny bees podcast a podcast for those who like their knitting comedy and yarn in equally large measures if you'd like to get in contact with me you can do so via the blog or i'm shiny bees on ravelry instagram twitter pinterest and facebook you can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com music for this episode is provided by a music alley and it is adam and the water boys and i need a drink i need a drink